What is up, people? Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Holy. I'm Laura Eldridge. And I'm Nicoletta Bradley. So who are we talking to today, Laura? We have a special guest. And her name, I feel like you have to say it with an accent. You do. Like she, she's not like British or like, <laughs> she. she's not from some foreign land, which she could be. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, Mikaelin Garzinki. Gerzinki. Gerzinki. If we didn't say it right, we rolled the R and she's going to totally correct us. But Mikaelin Gerzinki. Did we say it right? Nope, we sure didn't. Sure we didn't. sure didn't. So she's going to introduce her her last name. I get it. But yeah, I'm you really excited about You got a about about <laughs> I know, I threw myself off mispronouncing the last we'll name. We'll get her on. She'll tell us it correctly. It's going to be great. Also, but my QLU is that your girl just got back from Barbados. Of course. And we travel into California next week. So You had some fits on this trip. Like, they were so cute, girl. Y'all, have you heard of Fashion Pass? Did you literally get all that from Fashion Pass? I have discovered renting clothing is life-changing, y'all. And I'm not trying to be an influence here, is but it, I actually have a code for my clothing. Okay, do it. <laughs> Tell them the code. I'm like, is this episode sponsored? Because um, I didn't, I didn't oh, know. Wait. That would be the best QLU of all time if we could get sponsored by Fashion Pass. <laughs> but if you guys want my code, it is Nicoletta1 and you get $15 off your first time. I'm, I'm trying to use it. Dude, I'm telling you, it saves you so much money. I so that's it. my QLU okay. is that I'm obsessed you with renting clothing. So <laughs> Thank you. You'll see more fits coming at you next week. <laughs> I love it. My QLU is I now have a seven week old. Oh my. She's gosh. the cutest thing ever. And. I started working out for the first time. No, you did not. Yeah. Why am I not training you? Well, okay. You have to rehab your abs first. I've heard that. It's you it's touchy it's okay, really touchy okay. no not not touchy emotionally just touchy like <laughs> but kind you of can't do this but you can do that yeah i know honestly <laughs> I, I cried when i was on the bike today i'm not gonna lie but i cried well, a lot today it was one of those days vagina hurts you just oh popped out a child down there i'm feeling better down there thankfully okay okay so we're recovering however i still don't really have much of a core yeah but i got on the bike today it was more just like uh wow here here we are we're here starting we are. starting way over so. but you gotta start somewhere Gotta start somewhere. Man, okay, well, follow us along, call her holy for Laura's upcoming fitness journey. Y'all, I am excited to hear what Nicoletta and McKaylin have to say, and I am gonna peace out and let them take over. Heck yeah. Okay, bye, Laura. Oh my gosh, y'all, I am so excited because we have McKaylin with us, and Laura kind of introduced her, but she is a registered dietitian, and that is why she's on the show today. And if you listen to our episode a couple weeks ago about eating disorders, Um, We talked a lot about body image, a lot about health and all those things. And we are bringing my girl, McKaylin, which first off, how do you pronounce your last name? Grzini. Grzini. Okay. Laura totally butchered that. And I would have butchered it too, because that is not because you're married now. What was your maiden name? Sickle. Oh my gosh. Okay. This one's way more fun. Um, And so we brought a dietitian um, onto the podcast today because we want you guys to hear actual facts based on diet culture we want someone who actually knows what she's talking about um to inform insecurities and struggles that we have around health body image and fitness but first before we dive into that i need to know why swallowing gum is bad because laura just roasted me earlier and i'm like okay wait so what's the science behind swallowing gum i'm confused Okay, so it's not the biggest deal but if you do it a lot it can cause some intestinal blockage (laughs) okay 
even that's why my stomach hurts all the time. Okay, not that I swallow gum all the time, but I'm like, that's good to know. So if you gain anything from this episode, don't swallow your gum. Yeah, also, don't, don't put it gum. under the table because that's just gross. <laughs> but okay, enough about gum. You are a registered dietitian. Can you tell our listeners what the heck that means? Because we hear a lot of buzzwords in culture today, kind of like nutritionist and health coach and dietitian and then a registered dietitian. What the heck is a registered dietitian? Yes, I love answering this question. It needs to be heard. Okay, so registered dietitian and registered dietitian nutritionist can be used interchangeably. Interchangeable. Oh my gosh, I love it. I can't, I can't. That word, we love um, it. Okay, but you'll hear health coach, you'll hear nutritionist, right? But they don't have the same requirements. So to be a registered dietitian or registered dietitian nutritionist, right? You have to have a bachelor's degree or higher. You have to complete 1,200 hours of supervised practice. Oh my gosh. Pass <laughs> national exam. Um, and you have to follow a code of ethics and it requires you to continue hours to keep your license. So you are licensed in a state. You have to follow a code of ethics. So you can't lie. It's all science space you cannot lie so I always want people to be informed of this so that way they go to a dietitian and not just a health coach or a nutritionist I want them to get true information okay that is so good because that's interesting because when I was a personal trainer when I went through that process they kept saying you are not allowed to give nutrition advice because you're not qualified because all my clients would come to me and go oh my gosh well I'm doing this to work out but then what the heck do I eat and I'd give them tips and tricks, but I was like, I don't know the science behind anything. And so that's the really cool thing about having McKaylin on this podcast is that you're actually getting backed up scientifics, not just, what's the other word, like advice. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure you deal with this all the time. We see it all over Instagram. We hear buzzwords like keto and intermittent fasting, paleo, whole 30. But reality is, what, what would you say like hot take? What are your thoughts on these diets? Yeah, so I see that diet culture is just the enemy is behind it. The enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And I would say right now with diet culture, we see a big move towards body positivity and loving yourself, right? And then on the other um, side of the spectrum is we see these extreme diets with extreme results being promised, right? So, but none of those are sustainable. I would say the enemy is behind all of that. Oh my gosh, that's so, I'm glad you said that. Because I feel like diet culture is almost like the salvation story. Mm. You know what I mean? If you do this, this will happen. If you lose the weight by doing keto, you'll get the guy. Or, you know what I mean? It's like this magical fairy dust that if we just sprinkle it on top of us, everything in our life will change. When reality is you're doing a fast diet for vast results, which then, I mean, I'm sure you see it all the time, ends up being really negative results rather than all these things and this diet culture salvation story would you agree with that yeah for sure it just creates this unhealthy relationship with food gosh which makes me so sad because food in the beginning of the bible in genesis 1 through 3 food was good like god created food he created the trees every animal livestock and he said what i created is good and it's crazy because in diet culture now we honestly don't associate the word food with the word good mm. you know what i mean we typically will hear too fattening too high in calories i'm bad if i eat a cookie like we have created this moral standard around food when in the very beginning god has said i've given you this for energy and what i've created is good and we've just created this monster of that what would you say to that yeah, I totally agree. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for giving me chocolate and coffee and all the things. And 
for people to like label foods good and bad, I think is just harmful. It's just created this unhealthy cycle. Okay, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. I hear that a lot. And that's a part of my story too, is labeling food as good and bad. We've created this morality around it. How would you talk to some girl who's like, I'm so bad I ate a cookie, but I'm so good because I ate a salad? Mm, Yeah, for sure. So what is your definition of good or bad? There isn't one, right? Like it's the same way people will label food clean. What does that mean? So I always want people to understand all food consists of different nutrients, right? Like all food has something, whether it's protein, fiber, carbs, right? All the things, all food has something. So if we're saying a food is good or bad, is it because it has X of this or X of that? No, the, we, we can't label something whether it's good or bad. All food provides nutrients. And that's what I want to get across because we need all different types of nutrients. We need protein. We need carbs. We need fat. We need fiber, right? We need all of those things. Gosh, that's so good. I heard something so funny on Instagram. It's like, why are we always constantly labeling pizza as bad when you literally have crust or bread, which is a carb? And then you have tomato sauce, which is a like, I don't know if you want to call that a fruit or a veggie. And then you have cheese, which is a fat. And like we have created this demon out of pizza when I'm like, if you actually debunk it, it's literally a carb, fat and a protein. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. I can totally relate to those good and bad things. We I think that once again goes back to what you said about how the enemy is so intertwined with this because he wants us to feel guilt and shame when we eat something bad. And so that kind of takes me into my next question of, okay, so let's be honest, it's summertime. You know what I mean? We want to look hot in our bathing suit at the 4th of July barbecue, but we kind of going back to this good and bad food mentality, we think in order to look good at the barbecue, we have to eat all the clean foods and we can't touch the cookies. We can't touch the cake or whatever. And it goes back to the good and bad. But my question for you is, is it wrong? to want to diet a little bit in order to look good in a bathing suit this summer? I love this question. So this all comes down to weighing your motive. You mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's super important for you to truly identify your motive, right? The Lord weighs our motives. He searches our heart. He examines our mind. He knows. So you need to be honest with yourself of what is your motive. Are you trying to lose weight because you think losing X pounds is going to get you that guy? You're going to be worthy of being a wife. You're going to get the compliments you think that are going to satisfy you. If so, we need we need to reevaluate the heart. We need to make some changes. But are you trying to lose weight because maybe you're holding on to excess weight? Or you recently went to the doctor and they said, hey, your blood pressure is high or your blood sugars are running high. We need to change some of your lifestyle habits because you do need to lose a little bit of weight. Okay, Let's tackle that. Let's figure out what it looks like to lose that weight in a healthy way. But like I said, all comes down to your motive. That's so good. And I and I love how you kind of touch on the part that comes down to like, are you personally healthy? Because I mean, I have felt this pressure and I had, I was tested a couple of weeks ago and they were like, everything is fine. Your blood work is great. Your body checks out. But then I'm like, but in two weeks I have to be in a bathing suit. So I want to lose weight. And I had to check in with myself and go, okay, why do I want to lose weight? Is because I'm believe the lie that the culture tells me is that if I'm thinner, I'm going to be more desirable or I'm going to be more chosen and I'm going to be more loved. But y'all, if you have did not listen to our last episode, please go check that out. It is all about the debunking the lie of he would like me if. And so go check that out. But I think that kind of asks me the question that I want to ask you, McKaylin, is the question we actually do get a lot on Color Holy is what would you say to 
are diets sinful or can they be God honoring? Hmm. I definitely think they can be God honoring. It's important when you decide you're going to diet, you do it in a way where you treat your body like the temple that it is. An easy way to do this is in your everyday life, picture Jesus sitting there right next to you. Is he happy that you're sitting there eating that cookie or that salad or whatever it is? Is he happy that you just skipped a meal, right? Like picture Jesus there with you and make the decision based off him being right there with you. Oh, I love that. And it's a cool imagery to think of like, if you're sitting at a table and Jesus is across from you and he's like, Hey, like, why aren't you eating your whole plate? You're like, Oh, well, I have to be in a bathing suit next week. Do you think Jesus would be like, yeah, you go girl. You look hot in that bikini. He'd be like, no, 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 daughter. You're wonderfully and fearfully made. Like, I love you. And what I, when I made you, what I created is good. But yet we believe that in order to be good, in order to be chosen, in order to be loved, we need to diet. We need to stop eating this. We need to cut out the bad foods and keep in the good. And we need to only eat 1200 calories, which I want to ask you that question, actually, because that is a hot topic, which I feel like everyone's like, oh, yeah, like I'm on a 1200 calorie diet. What would you say to someone who's like, I'm only eating that many calories? Oh, this hurts my heart. This is a triggering question. I think it is not okay for somebody to say, if you fall into like this height or this gender or this category, whatever it is, you should eat X amount of calories. So like the 1200 calories someone told you, right? Like everybody's body is different and multiple factors contribute. Like what is your exercise activity? Like, what are you doing for your exercise? Like, how much sleep do you get? Like, what is your metabolism like? And a lot of your past will affect that. Like, obviously age, like if you're breastfeeding, right? Like Laura, um, multiple things are going to affect that. So if somebody gives you this blanket statement of you have to eat 1200 calories to lose weight, like, please stop, turn around, do not believe them. No, definitely Run away. not. Yes. And I read something on Instagram the other day and it said, if we all exercise the same and ate the same, our bodies would still look dramatically different. Totally. You totally. I mean? There's so many things affecting your health, right? Like this huge thing of like stress, genetics, all these outside factors besides what you are eating affect your health and what you look like. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's interesting you say that because I will never forget... I was in a season a couple years ago when I was working actually with, oh gosh, I don't know if she was a registered dietitian, but she was a dietitian. And um, I was gaining weight and I was following everything that she told me to do. And also I was working out twice a day as a spin instructor and I was gaining weight. And I remember being so frustrated because I was like, I'm doing everything right. And I've talked to a lot of really good close friends who have made that comment to me of, you know what, Nicoletta, like they come to me as a trainer and I'm like, I mean, I know some, but like obviously not as much as you, McKaylin. And they're like, I'm following the meal plan. I'm working out 45 minutes every single day and I am not losing weight. What would you say to that girl? Well, first off, you're not alone. This happens to so many people, like a large majority of people. And like as a dietitian for a couple of years, a lot of the people came to me because what they were doing was not working. So many things can be affecting that. Like PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, right? Stress, sleep, your water intake. So many things can be affecting your weight. But I think it's important that maybe you take a step back and start to see yourself the way Jesus sees you. If you truly are unhealthy, right? And the doctor's saying we need to make some changes. Okay, 
let's dig deeper. There has to be something we can do to change it. But maybe you are healthy and you need to learn to love the body God gave you and focus on some other things. Maybe you start focusing on like prioritizing your sleep, prioritizing some maybe lower intensity exercise, you know, to reduce your stress, those kind yes. of things. Yes. Okay. That's a hot take because I think so many women believe that in order to lose weight, I have to do these insane workouts. Please debunk that for us because I know the truth behind that. But as a registered dietitian help me out here oh no you're just overworking your body if you overdo it we got to find something sustainable like whether it's diet or exercise it has to be sustainable if you think like you're in your 20s and you have the summer off and you're gonna work out like four hours a day well in a couple months you're not gonna be able to do that well in a couple weeks you probably won't be able to do that your body's not going to be able to sustain that so we got to find something sustainable and you can overwork your body to where there's not even a way for you to fuel yourself the right amount of nutrition. And so then you're just breaking down too much muscle. You're not even benefiting yourself. Gosh, I love that. And I think it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, which I loved is not only do I encourage you as listeners to picture Jesus sitting across from you when you eat, but also picture him working out with you. You know what I mean? Like if you're sitting there running on the treadmill for four hours a day, do you think Jesus is sitting there with his pom-poms going like, you go girl, you work yourself out to the death. He's gonna be like, hey daughter, your body is good. And I love the fact that you love to be active because that's healthy. Mm, yeah. But going back to that thing, is like, what is your motive for being on the treadmill for three to four hours a day? Like that's not healthy. And I remember in my own life, like my dietitian, when we were doing all these things, she was like, I think you're wildly stressed out, Nicoletta, mm. and your body is clinging to weight. Do you feel like you encounter a lot of those clients? That's totally a thing for sure. For sure. Okay. So what would you tell that girl who's like, I work out every single day for over two hours. I'm eating 1400 calories and I'm still hate what I see in the mirror. Like, what do you say to that girl? I think it's a question of where are you finding your identity? Are you finding your identity so in good. how many hours you're at the gym? Like what the number on the scale is, like how many calories you're eating, what people think of you when you walk into a room, where is your identity? At that point, you might need to take a step back. Maybe, maybe your exercise turns more into walking with friends and like walking your dog and, and you stop tracking those calories and you start to eat for enjoyment. You need to take a step back, prioritize your sleep, like other things in life. Your identity can't be in, in your exercise in your food and your weight that's not where identity is placed man that's so good and so hard because I feel like that's all the things we're hearing on Instagram I was looking at my discover page the other day and it was just like diets and what I eat in a day and how I work out every day and I get a lot of dms about this um, from listeners and they just are like I don't know how to break free from guilt and shame around food I don't know how to break free from this diet mentality. How would you talk to someone who feels guilty maybe after eating a cookie? Oh, that's a hard one. I think you got to bring people alongside you because if you're feeling guilt from what you're eating, that you're like there's something behind that. Like what are you eating, right? Versal, what are you eating? Is it making you feel bad? Okay, let's let's change what you're eating then. But like you talked about a couple weeks ago, there's a difference between disordered eating and eating disorders. And I would say a large majority of the people I've ever treated have disordered eating. Okay. How would you des describe or define disordered eating? That's not like a specific eating disorder because I think it's easy to go, well, I'm not starving myself. I'm not throwing up and I'm not 
binge eating, eating 8,000 calories in a sitting. But how can you, I don't know, maybe give some signs or some triggers of like, hey, this might be a sign that working with the dietitian could be helpful. Mm -hmm. I would for sure ask yourself, does this food have control over me in this moment? That is always going to help you. Like, are you sitting there stressed about, oh my gosh, I'm at this restaurant and these are my only options. That food is controlling you. That, that That's a problem. Um, are you constantly thinking of your next meal? These are just very common but unhealthy habits where we need to move away from like trying to lose weight to trying to have a healthier relationship with food. Okay, so kind of going back to dieting. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about is it sinful? Can it be God honoring? What do we do with that? I kind of want to move away from the word diet and let's rephrase this to create food boundaries because when we say diet, it's usually meaning you're doing X for X amount of time to have X results. But all of our days of the week look different and so creating food boundaries so they fit with all the days of your week and you don't feel like, okay, I'm doing this diet, but oh my gosh, this came up and now I just failed and now I'm off the diet. We can just rephrase it. We can have food boundaries that are healthy and glorifying. So I'm a dietitian. I'm going to tell you the basic to lose weight, you have to consume less calories than you're burning. There's a couple things that also affect weight, like we talked about, like PCOS, stress, all those other things. But basic nutrition, you have to consume less calories than you're burning. So oftentimes, we might be consuming too many high-calorie foods, so like sugary beverages, desserts, fried food. They're high calories, so even whether we're eating a lot or not, we're having too many calories. So if we create food boundaries, we can move away from those a little bit and move more towards lower calorie, more nutrient dense foods. So this is going to be things with higher fiber and higher protein. So you could do like your whole grain foods and your lean proteins like your chicken and your turkey and your fish. They're lower in calories, but they still give you that high protein and that the high fiber, the foods that are going to help you feel full and satisfied longer. And so if you're trying to do something that's sustainable, you need those foods because the last thing I would ever want someone to experience when they're trying to lose weight is like extreme hunger where their stomach's growling or they're uncomfortable. They have a headache. They're distracted all day because they're like, I got to lose weight. This is how I got to feel to lose weight. That's false. You don't have to feel that way. If you're fueling your body with nutrient-dense foods, you shouldn't feel that way when you're losing weight. I love that because diet feels like a set of rules that if you break, you're bad. But boundaries, you can kind of rephrase as they're just more helpful. Yeah, for sure. Because right, if you're going to go to that birthday party and they're having cake, it doesn't mean you can't have the cake. Maybe you have a small piece of the cake and you focus more on the veggie tray. You don't have to say like, I'm on a diet. I cannot eat chocolate or I cannot eat sugary foods, right? That's impossible. Gosh, I love that. And there's a verse in the Bible where it says that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And it's so easy. I love that verse because it just is that reminder. And the word permissible means like I'm allowed to have it. But right now it might not be beneficial in the sense of, okay, if you had a burger and fries for lunch, great. I really hope you enjoyed that. But it might not be beneficial to have a burger and fries again for dinner. Would you agree? Yes, for sure. For sure. I think whatever, I mean, it tells us in Corinthians, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And this is going to look different for everybody in different circumstances. Gosh, I love that. Okay, so what about the girl who maybe, let's go a little bit down a different route, maybe just had a binge. I feel like I get a lot of DMs about that recently because people, um, thank you for all the kind messages, were like, I've never heard someone admit that they've struggled with binging. 
and you did on your last episode. And I was wondering if you could kind of go into that a little bit more and just so that listeners can understand where I'm coming from. Like I gained 30 pounds in three months, my freshman year of college. Like I went from anorexic to gaining 30 pounds in three months from sitting in my room depressed from binge eating, which once again is a mental disorder. It was, I would feel so much guilt and shame over eating something. And that is where like I had to go to counseling. I had to get help. I got on medication. But I think a lot of our listeners can say I have a struggle with binge eating when I have a full bag of popcorn in one sitting, which coming from a binge eating disorder, I feel like those are two different. Can you kind of touch on that as a whole? Yeah. So for binge eating disorder, this is going to be something that happens three times a week over at least three months. So it's like excessive calories where you are uncomfortably full and you felt like you had no control of that food. Like you had no control, your body was eating it. And even though you felt like I don't need it, I don't need it you kept eating because you, yes. you had to eat it, right? So I think it's different if like you are hanging out with friends and there's like lots of cookies and chips and candy and everybody's eating and all of a sudden you realize, I just ate too much. That's not binge eating disorder. You overate in that moment and maybe you do feel overly full, but binge eating disorder is definitely a much more serious thing. Uh, such a good point because I feel like I hear a lot of women go, oh my gosh, I binged last night. And I'm like, okay, what did that look like? They're like, well, I had two cookies, two handfuls of popcorn and two pieces of pizza. I'm like, we have to redefine binging versus overeating. And overeating is normal. Like you are going to experience overeating on a daily basis. Not sorry, not a daily basis, but in life. You know what I mean? But what a what would you say to that girl who wakes up the next morning feeling guilt and shame from, I like maybe the board of overeating? Yeah, for sure. So common and I'm so sorry you're feeling that guilt and shame. Make a plan. I always tell people, pause, pray, plan. So pause, evaluate what you were feeling. Were you stressed about what happened at work? Were you angry about a conversation? Like what were you feeling that maybe caused that overeating? Pray, like ask God to give you the strength um, not to feel that guilt and shame. He has set us free from that. And then make a plan. Plan your next meal. Overeating at a meal does not mean you skip your next meal or a couple meals. It doesn't mean you go do an extra workout. You plan your next meal. It should be a healthy meal that gives you nutrients. Gosh, I love that. So it's pause, plan, pray. Pause, pray, plan. God's got to give you that plan. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. Which I think I really want to spend a second touching on because I think in diet culture, even in Christian diet culture, we forget the Holy Spirit in other words, is our helper. Yes. What would you say to that? Oh my gosh. Hebrews 12, 11, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Like God is going to work in you to give you that self-control. We have to rely on God's strength. Like we are, we don't have strength. God gives us his strength. Gosh, and we always forget about him. You know what I mean? We think that it's like our strength. We have to muscle through this. We have to, restrict we need to stay away from the cookies but god's like hey daughter like i want good for you if you're struggling with this come to me and it says in matthew like come to me all who are weary and burdened laden and i will give you rest that diet will not give you rest ladies it might temporarily you know what i mean you might feel good in those jeans but it only takes a hot minute before you eat that cookie or you go off the quote-unquote diet and that rest is suddenly gone because it's never it's always been fleeting. Yeah, for sure. 
I do want to give some helpful tips, though, for the people that truly do struggle with binge eating, or maybe you're just not sure yet whether it's a true binge eating disorder or you're just overeating here or there. I think one, being able to plan your meals. If you truly do struggle with binge eating disorder, so planning what your breakfast, lunch, and dinner is, and don't get to lunch and say, oh, I'm not really hungry, I'm going to skip. Because if you struggle with binge eating disorder, the goal is not weight loss. The goal is a healthy relationship with food. Plan your meals stay with the plan. Um, Oftentimes you get excessively hungry because you skipped a meal and then it leads to a binge. So that's one tip. I would also say try to eliminate those foods you are most likely to binge on from your home. Just creating that extra step of like, oh, I'd have to go to the store to get that because can sometimes stop a binge. That's good. And that doesn't mean that you'll never be able to bring that back into the house. It just means that in this season of getting well, it might be helpful not to have them. You know what I mean? Yes, food boundaries. Food boundaries, not a diet. And I really do want to speak to that girl because I remember when I gained those 30 pounds, my goal was to lose the 30 pounds. But the goal should have been getting healthy and getting mentally okay before weight loss became the goal. And so if you have a history of an eating disorder, I want to speak to you for a second, is that it's so easy to go, I want to lose the weight. I want to, or keep the weight off or whatever it may be. But the goal that for sure the Lord has for you is like, daughter, I care so much more about your mental than I do about the physical. Because here's the thing, and this is really, really hard. When God looks at you, whatever weight you're at, he sees and it is good. And we see what is bad. When we look in the mirror, we want to change. God doesn't care about the physical as much as he cares about the emotional health and the mental health because he wants this body to get you out into the world and to share the gospel. He does not want this body to look hot in a bikini so that you can attract a man because you look amazing in a two-piece. He's like, no, I didn't give you this body to look hot at the 4th of July barbecue. I gave you this body to steward it well in order to love people and share with people. And I, in my own life, had to really reframe that. My friend Sarah has been such a help in this of going, hey, I know right now you don't like your licks. But these legs allow you to go for runs. They allow you to walk to a friend's house. And right now, let's say you don't like your arms. Rephrasing that as my arms allow me to serve other people. My arms allow me to give my parents a hug. Like that is so much more powerful than my arms look great on Instagram in my like tank top. You know what I mean? I just, how do you feel like, and I know we're going to wrap it up right now, but Speak to that girl who cares more about her body physically and cares so much more about food because it results in the way she looks. What would you say to that girl to change her perspective? Like you mentioned earlier, we need to take care of our body, right? Like in the long run, it's not what matters most. Exercise and physical activities are of some value, but developing a heart for the Lord is what matters most. And you might need people to come alongside you and help you set boundaries of like, hey, maybe maybe you can't go to the gym this week or maybe you should not be counting your calories and allowing them to love you in that way to help you set healthy boundaries um, in, in order to get back to a healthy place. Gosh, and that is so important, ladies. For those that are listening, Bring people in. I believe that the enemy does his best work when he makes you sit in your thoughts around food, weight, and body image. Confess. Tell the people that love you well, like, I cannot stop thinking about food. Tell your community that you overworked out last week four times. Tell people that you sat in your room and you binged. 
and confess these things because they might be able to speak life into it, which that is the whole point of community. The Lord does not want you to be in isolation. He wants you to be free, open, and be known. For sure. Man, okay, so tell me this, McKellen, as we wrap up. What scriptures, what words of encouragement would you say to the girl listening as we close up? For sure, First Timothy 4, 8. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. I would also say work towards body neutrality. Stop placing your value and what your body looks like and place your value and how great our God is and how he sent Jesus to die on the cross for all of our sins, including the sin of maybe overeating, undereating. He did it for us. Gosh, that's so good. And I just want finish it up but just ladies remember the gospel like god went to the cross for the moments that you're crying in front of the mirror god went to the cross for the moments where you threw up he looks at you and he sees you as blameless and pure and i think what has helped me because a lot of you dm me like we want more of your story and to be honest the way that i have slowly been more and more set free is being reminded and i think you maybe mentioned it earlier but ephesians 2 and it talks about god saying you are my masterpiece and that is not what the world says the world says you're a masterpiece when you lose weight if you lose weight but god's like no 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 daughter you're my masterpiece now and i really do believe that if you want to be set free from body image from health just this overwhelming diet culture, it is taking a step back and it is going, no, what does the gospel say? It says that Jesus went to the cross for me, despite what I looked like in the mirror, despite what I weigh on a scale, but because he loved me. Ladies, you are loved unconditionally by the king of the universe. And when you look in the mirror, whether you've gained the weight, whether the genes fit or not, God looks at you and sees that it is good. And that is just what we want to leave you with. And y'all, McKaylin is awesome. And I want you to tell people where they can find you. What is your Instagram handle? Where can they get connected with you? Where can they maybe set up appointments with you? If they maybe do want more help and because you're so wise and talented and you are very scientific, where can they find you? Yes, I would love to talk to you. I think addressing nutrition in a way that glorifies God is not commonly done. It's not common for there to be a dietitian that's trying to do things in a way to glorify God. Most dietitians are trying to do things to help you see results, but I want you to do it in in the right way. Um, find me on Instagram. Instagram, send me a DM. Michaelin Gersini. Yeah, girl. Come on. And we will put this all in the show notes where you can find her, how you can reach out to her. But I think truly the best thing about Michaelin is that, like she said, she's a dietitian that cares, yes, about you reaching your goals but care so much more about the why, about the motives in your heart behind it. And I think that is the difference that sets McKaylin apart. And that is why as a Call Her Holy team, we wanted her on the podcast. So McKaylin, thank you for coming. You are amazing. And y'all, we will catch you guys soon. See you later. Bye guys. Don't wanna-